I mean, should I put a shirt on? I feel like I should put a shirt on. Oh, you look fantastic. Man. All right, let's roll. We should go shirts and no shirts for this episode, oh, really. okay. All right, get you know, real like, weird like, with it. Like basketball, like street rules. Right, right, know? shirts and skins. Shirts and skins, yeah. <laughs> Uh, welcome to the Good Games Podcast. My name is James. I'm Leo. And uh, we have the lovely Matt Finneman filling in for Justin on extremely welcome, late notice. I told him about five minutes ago, hey, can you jump on this uh, podcast real quick? It's hey. uh, true. Clearly, I'm a man with a, a lot of important stuff going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt always says, like, hey, you, you know, be sure to invite me for like such and such episodes. So I feel like. We're holding him to it. Here. Well, I felt bad because I know Matt's a big Bravely Default guy, and we left him out of the Bravely Default episode. So I was like, you know what? I, I, I know he's a Mass Effect fan, so we can't leave him out again. I will make James take full responsibility for that, Matt. No, it's all good. Uh, you guys keep talking. I'll be right back. I have a crying baby. Oh, okay. that that definitely takes priority. Uh, go, go, go deal uh, with the baby. So, uh, yeah, Matt will be right back. And, Is he uh, going to be able to join? Um, yeah, yeah, I think he just paused it. Okay. So yeah, if you haven't noticed, things uh, look things may look and sound a little bit different. That's because Justin's not here, and Justin usually handles the technical end of of streaming and setting things up. So uh, we're just kind of scrambling to put together a production here. So it might be a it's, little. Uh, this episode might be a little rough around the edges. It's it's intimate night, you know. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. the electric instruments are gone. We right. bring out the acoustic set. Right. Play a little jazz. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. You know what? I was um th- this this happened the stars align every once in a while where uh the subscription service for XM satellite radio is free. You get like these free trials every once in a while and also the seasonal XM channel Yacht Rock is in season and when those two things align like they are right now, uh I've been listening to a lot of smooth, smooth yacht rock. Uh, Can you define yacht rock? Yes. Um, it is, um, ooh, yeah. It's, uh, well, first of all, it's anything uh, you would, you know, take your uh, your yacht out and, you know, on, on, a, on a party time, you got a nice boat drink in your hand and you put on some music. You'd put on okay. some yacht rock. It's like a, uh, it's like a, um, it's like easy listening jazz. Uh, okay, okay. Um, anything with uh, lead brother, uh, lead Doobie Brothers single Michael McDonald. Uh, oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was defining. We got off on a tangent. I defined yacht rock to Leo. Uh, uh, okay, it's my is. Uh... That that must that sounds like quite the tangent. Yeah, we, we, we went off we went off the rails a little bit. Uh, it's a mass effect. Yeah, so uh, yacht rock, coincidentally, Commander Shepard's favorite musical genre. Is that true? Uh, absolutely, that's totally canon. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Uh, yeah, yacht rock. A couple weeks ago, uh, uh, God bless you again. A couple of weeks ago, uh, EA put out the Mass Effect Legendary Collection, which is a, uh, I don't know, a sort of remaster of the first three games in the series, because we're all trying to pretend that Mass Effect Andromeda didn't happen. So it's Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 all together in one tight package. Now, I have been 
mainlining the fucking shit out of this game. I've played through one and two, and I'm about halfway through three. Have either either of you guys touched Mass Effect Legendary? Yeah. Uh, yes, I've already 100%ed number one. Like Very I nice. start, I've started two with max everything, and nice. I'm halfway through the loyalty missions of two before getting the Reaper IFF and finishing that one up. Oh wow! So you're you're going with a slow and steady approach of 100% as you go, kind of thing. I'm getting the platinum on every one. Oh, the platinum yeah. in part one because uh, I'm playing on Insanity, so I can get the. Oh, oh my God! All right, man, legit. Now that. Um, that was a little rough for me going back to one. I forgot. I mean, legendary cleans up a lot, some of the rough edges of one, but right. not all of the rough. I forgot the shooting yeah. in one's a little rough. Yeah, that's that's kind of my you know my, my opinion. I, I've been I'm I'm about halfway through one um, again, and this is after I just started Mass Effect. If you recall, like late last year. I want. I wanted to replay them again randomly, so I started Mass Effect One like non-legendary edition just a few months ago. Stopped, started legendary edition now, and uh, about halfway through one, and it's basically the same. Uh, and so you know, I mean, they've yeah, they've cleaned some things up, they've added some HD, whatever, but that that uh, that combat is still a little rough. You know what? I still love it. Yeah. Uh, because one, they one's more of an RPG. It I is miss, the most I miss RPG the like. inventory like stuff like being able to upgrade your armors and weapons because by the end of one you feel like a total unstoppable badass. Powerhouse. Once you get like the Spectre yeah. gear and you're you're got like level ten mods on your armors and weapons. Like I yeah. really miss that stuff. Uh, but an argument can be made that you know like it's almost like what what's the point of you know being careful about where i'm putting all my skill points and everything if at the end of the game i'm just going to be you know a, a terminator killer no matter well, what to be fair only like a small percentage of care players 100 percent everything and unlock well, that's all that. true but i mean that's true i'm, I'm kind of say. noticing that and that's something i didn't really remember is that one is very rpg heavy two, more the most rpg like i think yeah. two is kind of a mix they really improved the shooter mechanics on two 100 what i didn't mm -hmm. remember is that three is like Really, really, game? really like cover shooter mm -hmm. heavy. Like, hey, you like want some more cover shoot? Have some more cover shooter sections. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I want to role play. No, no, no. You want to shoot more people in a corridor? Like, I promise I don't. I promise I'm really bored of that. Uh, I feel like Mass Effect has diminishing returns. <laughs> like, uh, like, the first game, you know, with all of its faults, is just the best story and feeling and lore and atmosphere. Like, it's just fantastic all the way through. Two is still pretty good, pretty solid. As you start getting to three and the that which shall not be named, you know, the further in the series, like it just starts to, for me personally, it just start to feel a lot less like Star Trek y and awesome and more like I don't know, Gears of War sci fi. That's another know. thing I've noticed is that the like the tone and theme changes yeah. Yeah. fairly well, yeah. drastically. Cause like yeah. one is like this like, yeah, we're going on a Star Trek adventure. Right, and then right. like Two is like this weird, like ah, we're I don't know. It's it's kind of somewhere in between one and three again, where it's like ah, we're working for the bad guys. So it's you know, there's well, they do a lot of interesting things with you're working for the bad guys. So it opens up a lot of these more morally and ethically questionable decisions that you get to role play, and I like that. Three is like you're in the military and you're gonna shoot a lot, and that's yeah. the three story. Is, three has okay. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna 
uh, buck the trend here. Uh, three is the best of the trilogy. Okay. Um, because, and you can complain all you want about the, the final five-minute ending, but literally every moment leading up to that is something that had never been done in games before. The culmination of three games worth of choices and actions and everything that led up to that, like your the minor choices from one and two that come into play in three, and even if the end result is just additional war assets, it still feels like a reward for what you've played over the past like decade. Like and everything else we did mattered, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's true. And, and that's why I love three. Um, and also three has two and three of some of the best DLC in video games. Lair of the Shadow Broker. And two, and three's Leviathan and Citadel DLC are some of the best DLCs in the medium. Really liked Layer of the Shadow Broker. I just played through the Citadel DLC and I wanted to shoot my brains out. First of all, are you kidding? Me? It's it's. <laughs> first of all, what's her name? I, I already forgot. I'm Aria. Aria. I'm quitting. <laughs> are you thinking about the Omega DLC? Yeah. The what? What did I say? Not the Citadel DLC. The Omega DLC. I'm sorry. Citadel uh, is the 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 fan service like we're giving you one last party with all of your teammates and it's just nothing but references and in jokes and the best time with your party ever. Get, have, get. Haven't gotten to that. I definitely just heard you say Citadel and my brain went Omega. Uh, no, I just played. And actually, I like Omega too because oh, I loved Omega. I may I loved Omega from the second game. I was like, cool, we get to go back, and then it's just like. They just stapled together, copy-pasted this one corridor and stapled it together a hundred times. And I'm like, yeah, please. It's not, it's not about that. It's about please, the characters. Please the get plot. me out. And that's the and other then, thing. It's like you're with Arya and... And Nareen. Nareen. I, Nareen's okay. Ar I cannot stand Arya. Cannot oh, stand Arya her. Arya rocks. Yeah? All right. I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm role-playing the kind of like Captain Picard Paragon Shepard this time. Ah, oh, what? Which like my I refuse to play a renegade <laughs> ship. My the the my Picard Goody Two Shoes Shepherd has like no thematic reason to team up with Arya. <laughs> like even if you take everything to the limit of like okay, well he's got to get as many war assets as he can. He's like I don't know, like teaming up with Arya just uh just the stretch seems thematically stretching things pretty far. Right. Right. <laughs> That's the other thing I forgot about three is that the opening cutscene is just Earth on fire, and that's like oh, how yeah. you're introduced to three is like, hey, uh, everything's being destroyed right now, which really, <laughs> which really like, it's kind of the Fallout three thing where like your son gets kidnapped at the beginning of the game, so any side quest you go off and do, you're doing that instead of. <laughs> like going to go rescue your the kidnapped son. Like, thing. oh, I'm gonna play like some cards instead of rescuing my son. So like everything oh, yeah. you do in three as Shepherd is like, oh, I'm doing this right now while people are dying on Earth. <laughs> Makes you feel like an asshole. That's a classic RPG thing. Yeah, right? yeah, that's just like any any video game where it's like, oh, we have to do this, but oh, but I have all these side quests. That's yeah. just you gotta you gotta suspend that disbelief. I know. That's what I, I was know. gonna say. It's a suspense of disbelief. For but sure. that's that's what works about one and two. In one, there's not really an immediate threat really and then in two it's like hey we know what we have to do but we need to like build the team as much as possible before we go do it is but it, in is it how, how do you kind of put that into words because I, I, that's the i think that my biggest reason for liking one 
the most and and progressively disliking not not disliking i don't like i don't dislike any of the mass effects but like i said it was like diminishing returns like and i think it's because of that i don't know if it's really pacing is the right word but it's like it's like setting you know it's like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that sort of more chill nothing pressing sort of star trek mission the tone i really you're right i really like the tone of one yeah that's my favorite uh, for whatever reason mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. but well, one the games do the get better mechanics of, of literally being the introduction to the world so it's right. all new and you i learn, love yeah, all of that the races all of the world yeah. building they do in one is like so good I, they do it I, so well yeah like, I, I will most say games one, i don't dig into lore as much as this, uh, these, these games are now i will say one thing that one failed at rpg wise is the side quests yes ones, oh my god are like go yes. to this planet and then you'll get like a burst of text <laughs> yeah. on the screen like you entered something on the screen and this happened. And two, you get like dialogue, like even yeah. minor NPCs you have like full-on conversations with. And the yeah. game feels much more immersive in that way and it's actually much better uh, plot-wise because of that. Uh, yeah. Side quest-wise, like main storyline, Mass Effect 1, like it had a problem where you would get good plot at the beginning when you would land on a planet and then when you left the planet at the culmination of whatever boss, but like everything in between was very weak. Yeah. And in two, they did in three, they did a really good job of like mixing in plot and dialogue throughout a mission. Well, the other thing with the one side quests is like anytime you go into that one bunker that you find on the, it's the same bunker. They just shuffled the boxes around. You have the bunker. You have the mines. Yeah, and you yeah. Have the yeah. warehouse. Yep. Those yeah. are the only three yep. things you can come across, and also yep. the thresher mods can suck yes. a dick. Yes. And <laughs> if I ever, if I never have to play the Mass Effect One decryption mini game ever again, it'll be too soon. Uh, yeah. That decryption mini game is cool. The first like five times you play it, and then the subsequent three hundred times is like kill me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. Well, so let me ask you this. Like, as someone who's only about halfway through the first game, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ask this to guys who have already started multiple of the games. Um, what what is the benefit of legend the legendary edition of this game? Like, what? Oh, okay, I'll let James go first. While let James go first, and then Matt will come back. Gra- grab that pacifier. I got you covered. Uh, so, um, okay, what does it basically, really add? basically for the legendary, yeah. The, the question is, if I already own all of the original Mass Effect games, is it worth it to rebuy them in the Legendary Collection? That's a question everybody has. Uh, and uh, the answer is yes, if you care about one or two of the following things. Number one, they've done a lot of visual upgrades. So, like, um, especially for Mass Effect 1, um, like all, all of the text, most of the textures are like 4K textures. I think they've done some model work and stuff, so the game looks a little better. But it also looks in... Uh, they've changed some of the lighting in the game and some of the camera angles. Anyway, so the game looks, like, better, but it also looks weird because it's, like, got the lighting engine of a modern game, but then, like, the animations of a game from 2004 or 2005... No, I don't know. 2007. 2007. Uh, so... aged animations and characters. so yeah yeah so like your character like looks really nice and then they start talking and like (laughs) facial animation doesn't match anything and then you're like oh god um (laughs) so that's one if you care about the graphics there's been a couple of like quality of life 
uh, updates, especially for one. They redid the UI a little bit. Anyway. Uh, and number two is that has every single, almost every single DLC. I think there's some DLC missing for Mass Effect 2, maybe. But it has, or maybe Mass Effect 1, I don't know. It has almost every DLC from all three games all packaged into one. So if you don't want to hunt down all the... Because I think there was like, there might have been some console-specific RPG. Like, this was for only for PS3 and this was only for Xbox. Whatever. I don't know. It's all in one package. That's the point. Well, so um, how does that work? Like, like, how do you start the DLC? Is it only after you finish the game for like... Mm-mm. So it's all it's all like in-game stuff. So it's like different missions you can like stumble across. Does it pop up as a, with a, a certain side quest symbol or something? Like? So like usually, usually it's like, um, especially for the first game, it's like, oh, there's like an NPC walking around on the Citadel or I guess standing oh. in the Citadel in the first Maybe game because they don't usually have walk animations. Yeah. So you talk to them and then <laughs> yeah. it gives you a little side quest on a planet. You go to the planet and then it's that same stupid fucking bunker that you've been to a million times. But uh, uh <laughs> Right. Okay. Yeah, that, that's generally how it works. But then, because uh, um, in the second and third games, they also had, like, DLC characters. So I think the second game had Zaid and T- and Takumi? What's her? T- Takumi? That doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. Anyway, Zaid and Takumi. Maybe that's not her name. Kasumi. I Kasumi! Thank you. Um, and the third game had Javik, which... This is the first uh, time. Javik fucking rocks. I know, and this is the first. I played. I played the. I played the he third game. The I know. I played the third game at launch without Javik, and then he's like pretty important to the story of three. And I'm like, how does this make sense without this character? I don't. Well, I, don't I, fair, I never played any of his DLCs, so I don't. To I don't be fair, him. he was um, free DLC if he pre-ordered. Oh, well, I didn't mm. pre-order like a sucker, so I guess... I, I didn't even know he existed, though. I guess I wasn't that plugged in uh, back when okay, Mass so Effect 3 came what was the question out. again? What's the benefit of the Legendary Edition? Yeah, I just... Yeah, said, I guess... Okay. I summarized well, it in graphics, quality of life upgrades, and DLC. Part 1 gets the biggest boost in quality right. of life and graphics. Like, they just... They, the lot's been streamlined. Um... The other benefit is all of the DLC is woven in organically into the story. So it's not like you have already beaten the game and then suddenly you're getting these random missions. You know, like uh, you can. That's exactly what Leo just asked. Yeah. That's what I was. Yeah, because that's what I picked. It's really cool. Like, I mean, the only downside is it kind of works against you, too, because there is one DLC in two called Arrival that is uh, absolutely the. It was the last piece of DLC in Mass Effect 2, and they released it just months before Mass Effect 3 mm. for the sole purpose of it is the bridge between 2 and 3, but they give it to you way early in 2, and you can technically do it. It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I didn't remember doing that either, and I really liked that DLC. That was cool DLC. Uh, the one I didn't like so much in 2 was the one with the stupid Firewalker Yes, vehicle, and I played that one out of order. I like I played I played the one that where they introduce the vehicle last, and the one like where they already expect you to have the vehicle first. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? It happens. Yeah, uh, that uh, that the, the Firewalker DLC was like released with the game, mm. so or like really early, like close to launch, and it just kind of doesn't add anything i think it was literally just them going like i know you guys hated the ma- the mako but look we made a, yeah. a 
vehicle that controls well. Well, Mass Effect is n- n- notorious for its shitty vehicles. Yeah, I never... I mean, all the vehicle sections do suck, but I never had a problem with how unwieldy the Mako was in the first game. The problem was they didn't, like, do anything... Like, you had, like, these huge, sprawling planets yeah, they, with they nothing. Just yeah. nothing in them. It was like, yeah. oh, this is boring just driving across these planets. I don't really understand why. Like, what? why? Just, you know. Just I will say up. that I really enjoyed in the Legendary Edition that they added a turbo boost to the yes yes thank God exploring the boring planets way better mm-hmm. yes they, I think they tweaked the the feel of it a little bit too I feel like but yeah that that turbo boost button is a godsend especially when you're trying to climb a hill yeah uh yeah um. I don't know. Are we, are we talking about best characters? Uh, do you want to talk about best characters? Because that was going to be our top five. The answer is Tali, and anyone that disagrees. Well, let's get right into top. it. Let's get right the hell into it after I do our little promotional. And look at this! Whoa, we've have we have like graphics that are coming on the screen now. Look at that, guys! It looks yeah. I don't Where probably. Well, you can't see them if you're listening to the audio-only yeah. version of this podcast on your favorite podcasting device, but. We're also on YouTube, so if you want to see the stupid graphics that are now over the screen, check we're us out. Sponsored by on you, we're sponsored by our patrons, of which we have two, maybe three now, something Hell like that. Yeah. Hell yeah, baby! Thank uh, you, you can, patrons. Yeah, uh, check us out at Patreon.com/slash/GoodGamesCast. Our email address is GoodGamesCast at gmail.com. Uh, and I think on the fancy thing, I forgot what our Twitter is. We have a Twitter. We have a Discord. Uh, check it out. Um, all, it, all the links are in the uh, in the thing. They're yeah, probably yeah. just go look for those links. Yeah. You can find them probably. All right, our top five. Uh, this is our top five Mass Effect squad mates. Uh, so uh, I think this needs to be a collaborative. We need to, as a group, decide what the top five definitive squ- squad mates are. I definitive top five. Now I'm springing this on Matt because he didn't know this was coming, but I got my research well, all done already. Yeah. Hey, research all you want. It's Tali. Tali. Okay, why do you like Tali? Pitch, Tali pitch me on Tali. The definitive best romance in the franchise. Now, what makes her the best romance, though? Because uh, it's fucking adorable. I, <laughs> I, I dare you to watch the YouTube clip of the entire course of her romance and not just grin. Caitlin, my wife, has never played Mass Effect. She's watching me play these games. And because mm. this time I'm playing a femship, much to my chagrin, I can't romance Tali. So I was like, okay, we'll just watch it so you can see what we're not going to experience. And she was like, God damn it, can we restart as a male ship? Because I really want that to happen. Tali is the best. She's great in combat. She's great out of combat. Oh, if you know what, what? I mean. Uh, <laughs> no, like, uh, like in the first game... Her like the, the whole Quarian thing was one of the coolest lore moments. Yeah, and just the Quarian race relationship very... with the Geth, and and because yeah. of that, like she had the the best loyalty mission in two with the treason trial. Oh, I uh, love that. That was had, one of my favorites. Yeah. And then her moments in three with the Geth versus the Quarians, and the and the what are you going to choose? And then oh my god, I can save both. Like th- her arc as a character in each game steals the show each time. And then her her AI hacking and energy shield st- st- theft and all of her tech skills like she just is the coolest fucking character. You will not convince me otherwise. Tally's number one. 
just fight for two through four. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna play the you 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 sprung this on me card. I get bonus points and elevate okay. the top. It's fair. You you pitched a good case for Tali, but what about? I mean, I, oh, go ahead. I definitely. I don't. I don't. I just want to say I don't disagree that she's you know deserves being in the top five at least. So you know, it doesn't hurt my head. So who is James about to say? What I was gonna him? throw out Morden Solus. Okay. Cool. He's great. So you love war criminals. I get it. <laughs> I like that. I like that he's, you know, this like genius guy who really struggles with the ethical implications of what he's done, which is basically mm -hmm. like uh, prevent this entire race from having children. Uh, yeah, no, Morden is a great character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who just. I'm not saying he shouldn't be top five. I'm just okay. saying he's not top one. All right, so we'll throw out Morden. Uh, Leo, you want to nominate anyone? Uh, one that I feel, one of the few that I feel very strongly about is Garrus, the, okay. the OG. Um, you, know. And you know what? Garrus absolutely deserves a spot in the top five. I think so. Uh, I will say the reason I don't put him over Tali is because in Mass Effect 1, if you go back and play it, he's actually kind of fucking bland. Until he goes through his time in the Terminus systems and becomes Archangel, all he is is a cop mad at red tape. <laughs> That's yeah. all he is. Which I, I love. No, that's, yeah, but there's just not m much to that compared yeah. to how they flesh him out and grow him in 2 and 3. I yeah. found... And that's why I put Tali over him, because she's consistently great in 1, 2, and 3. Mm -hmm. And for me, Garrus only is 2 and 3. Sounds like Garrus is number 2. I found like. out, here's a little Mass Effect fun fact. I found out in Mass Effect 1, obviously, Commander Shepard has a Paragon Renegade scale sure. literally says too yeah well everyone say. has a paragon renegade scale in mass effect one but garris's is the only one that has story implications because mm -hmm. if you encourage him towards paragon in mass effect two he's archangel because he went back to join csec but he got fed up with more bureaucracy so he's like ah fuck it i'm gonna go kill criminals uh, if you encourage him towards the renegade path, he's like, oh, I tried to join a spect uh, the Spectres, but I like flunked out of Spectre school, and then I went to Omega to kill criminals. Anyway, a uh, little Mass Effect fun fact for you. Uh, and actually, his conversations in one, you can steer him towards learning to not be such a kill criminal dick. Like, he's basically, <laughs> he's basically like every... I think the best explanation I ever heard was Mass Effect 1 Garrus, Garrus is every cop with a Punisher sticker on their car. <laughs> I mean, kind of. <laughs> like, oh, I just love wish it. I could gun them all down. I love oh, it. If only I could be like Punisher. Okay, so we have Garrus, Morden, and Tali. Um, I'm going to throw, I'm gonna throw a, a curveball out because a lot of people forget about him, is Rex. Oh yeah, I like Rex. Because he was great was one. Rex. And then he's of all the characters that never comes back. He his interactions are consistently great in two and three as the leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that Rex is a fan favorite for a lot of people. So I feel like it. It was definitely I had to be. I had to mention it him if if no one else did. But like, man, I I was always happy to just kill that guy off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't whatever really particularly reason. want him in the top five, but I felt like he should get mentioned. I feel like he, I feel like he does deserve a spot just because of like, if you're making a definitive companion list, it's it's on a lot of people's list. I would imagine he's just that character that like, 
is purposefully, you know, like I don't know, like he makes a statement and and, and it's like love him or hate him, he's there, like he's just fucking there. <laughs> and the best character we all know is actually Conrad Werner. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> how funny he is in two. He's like He's like aware that he's like an NPC in a video game. He's like, oh, he's like role playing Shepard, and he's like, literally cosplaying as Shepard. I know. I love it. <laughs> I, love it. Uh, I um, forgot I, how funny that was. One person that I think actually does belong in the top five, and there's a theme going here where a lot of the Mass Effect One characters get this. Liara. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially her turn from one to two. I was gonna say she. In every different game, she's like a completely different character in every game. She's like she has some crazy growth. I love it. In and one, she's, she's like character. this nerdy, bookish scientist, yep. and then in two, she's like actually, I'm a super spy, and I'm like, I'm an, I'm an assassin, and I'm I'm being hunted, and you have to help me. And then in three, I don't, she's like, I don't know, she's closer to what she was in two, but uh... she's also fun fact the only character you can romance in all three games. <sighs> Yeah. Now, I am doing Romance Liara through all three games, like you said. Uh, but uh, they just patched it literally at time of recording today. <laughs> There's a bug in the second game. You don't get the stupid little achievement if you Romance Liara in the second game. But they just patched it today. So I didn't get the Paramore achievement. Does it retroactively give it to you? I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll have to log in and see. I don't know how the game would... N- eh, maybe. I don't know. I'll have to see if I get the achievement uh, retrospectively. Um, oh, that would that would annoy me to no end. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was looking at the achievements. I was like, why did I not get the Paramore one? Uh, what? So we can all agree that number one is actually Ashley Williams, right? No, I, I. That's funny because like when I first played Mass Effect, uh, I remember like, oh, like Ashley was kind of cool, and I romanced the Ashley. And then like I, re- I'm replaying it now. She's like unequivocally just racist as hell. Like <laughs> she's definitely yeah, she's, that. That's her. Uh personality is space racist she's definitely a space racist absolutely <laughs> uh no i could not have quicked clicked the like rescue caden button faster in uh, my my current playthrough oh man yeah i definitely left her to die her and her space racism That's sad. yeah eh, well I, you know i kind of i kind of like the space racist i just feel like you got to have someone like that for like the realistic effect you know <laughs> Big, bigotry is real and, and it's, it's authentic what? I need a foster in my squad. <laughs> that that is kind of weird, though. I noticed because in the second game, it's like, oh, you're working for Spectre, this like human first and like anti Cerberus. Jesus Christ, what's wrong with me? Thank you. You're working for Cerberus, this like you're human James Bond. I don't know what I'm thinking. It's I'm yeah. it's too late and my brain is fried. Uh, you're working for Cerberus, which is like human first and like kind of anti alien. But, like, all of the dossiers that the elusive man gives you, it's like, hey, go recruit all these aliens. Well, yeah. to be fair, they, they explain that away. Like, Cerberus is 100% humanity first, but that doesn't mean he won't throw alien bodies at the problem to fix okay, humanity's issues. Like, like, humanity, human lives are at stake. If, if aliens die to rescue them, he doesn't give a fuck. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right, I will other... say, Mass... Oh, sorry. Go. Well, I was going to switch gears to say, like, one more person that I feel needs to be on the list, but Go finish ahead. your thought right. first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Miranda Lawson. Okay. Um, is, I would I would think most people would consider her the more, like, the safer one of the romances. Uh, 
but um, you know, because she's like you know not an alien. Uh, but there's something about a <laughs> really complex to... character with daddy issues that I just love. Uh, and also, she's super hot, so she has to be in the top five. <laughs> don't want to get any of those alien STDs. I don't know. Is that why she's Man. the safest? What? Oh, no, just because she's human. Uh, okay, right. <laughs> the alien STDs. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, but also, the character is played by Ivan Stravowski, who's like, from a couple of like random things I've Chuck. seen online. Chuck. Uh, she's been in, Absolutely. had a couple cameos. Yeah, really popular actress and smoking hot. And this oh. character is too. So it's got to be. Is, in is my that book. really our, uh, the criteria? <laughs> hey, we didn't put a criteria. All right, the last one I want to nominate is Edie, which is definitely just this game's version of Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Edie gets bonus points because of her relationship with Joker. Joker, yeah. Yeah. Which Joker is really the best companion. I mean, let's... (laughs) I like, I like, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's too bad Justin's not here because he's the only one who would know what I'm talking about. But it's the episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, Data's Day, just extended longer and longer for every interaction that Joker and Edie have. Uh, anyway, uh, I don't know. Do we want to try to rank these? I'll, I'll, I'm gonna give Matt the honor of putting Tali number one. We did spring this list on him. Who's at number two? Garrus. Sounded like Garrus, which he is. I'll give you Garrus. He's the boss. I mean, do you have another alternative for number two, James? Uh, No, I just think three should be Liara. Fair. I can step. That's fair. Uh, Four. Any any love for Morden? Probably, probably either Morden or Rex. I'd be fine with either. Let's let's let let's give it to Morden because James needs a win. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and then number five, we got Rex, Edie, uh, I don't know. And, uh, Miranda. We didn't even talk about Thane. I like Thane. I love Thane. He's going to be my, uh, I don't like Thane. He was going to be my Mass Effect 2 romance. Oh, you're Fem Chef. That's right. Yeah. I've never played a Fem Chef, so I'm like, yeah. Because if you don't romance Garrus or Tali in Mass Effect 3, they hook up. (laughs) Really? I did not know that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess we could give it to Thane. i just never really been interested in that character for whatever reason. But. No, I think we, should, we shouldn't give it to Thane. We should give it to either Rex or uh, Miranda. Well, that's right. We haven't said Rex since we gave number four to Morden, so I think Rex has to be in there. I'd agree. My, my only problem with Rex, speaking of Star Trek tie-ins, is if Rex dies in the first game... He's replaced by Michael Dorn, the actor who played Lieutenant Commander Worf on Star Trek: The Next Three. Generation. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, yeah. So if if Rex is still around, Worf has a much smaller role in definitely just ripping off Klingons from Star Trek. Well, I think as popular as Rex is, and I mean, it's like Rex is a character that should die. That's just what it is. He's too good to keep around. Ah. You know? mm. Oh, he's so good later. All right, so are we putting Rex in there, number five? Can we just say tie between Rex and Miranda Lawson? Come on. Yeah, why not? All right, hey, we're all breaking right. all sorts. We're, we're pressing the renegade man. button, and we're breaking the rules. So Rex wins for being a better character, but Miranda wins because she's hot. hot. So hot. <laughs> love it. Uh, love it. All right, now, now bonus ranking. Honorable mention. 
No, no, no. Just bonus ranking. The worst three. Ooh. You have to because every Mass Effect has the one boring, bland ass human character. Yeah. Number so I, one, I really don't like James Vega. Jacob or James Vega. I don't like James. He's very boring. I'll, I'll take They're all three all of those for the worst. Boring. Yeah. All, that's like like Mass Effect <laughs> cannot make a compelling human male squad mate to save their life. They are all garbage. I know. What's up with that? I forgot that the scene where they introduce James to Shepard, they just, like, box. They have this weird, like, yeah. talking about life dialogue while they're boxing. I'm like, what is this? James is boring. Jacob is so fucking bland. And then, you know what? You know what? They even continues because in Mass Effect Andromeda, Liam is also the game's most boring character. Like, they, just like they're human four male. for four. The only reason, the only reason I like Caden is because it's the same a a voice actor from Bioware's previous RPG, Knights of the Old Republic, who also played a bland, boring human character. <laughs> <laughs> so at least it's like a, a fourth wall joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I guess yeah, he played yeah, uh, Karth from Knights of the Old Republic. I, I want little to nothing to do with Caden or Jacob or James. Like, like when I was a male ship and in all my previous playthroughs. I always rescued Ashley because even if she's racist, at least she has personality. <laughs> that's, that's what true. I'm saying. That's true. That's, you know that's what? Exactly that's true. What like, like, like it's spicy. Myself, I committed myself to doing something new this time. So I'm femship. Instead of a soldier, I'm an infiltrator. Instead of Ashley, I saved Caden. I'm romancing different people. I'm trying. I'm still going full Paragon, but at least I'm making different decisions. That's cool. I mean, I, I respect that. But I'm 100% with you. Like in all my runs, I've just been like, Fuck Caden. Like, like so don't good. care about that guy. Give me the racist hot chick. Like, at least that's something <laughs> interesting. Give me the racist in my life. hot chick. Well, she gets better, and at least she gets better between two and three. Like, yeah, they try to Ashley do. Oh, does she have a character arc? She does. Yeah, she yeah. By the time she rejoins you in three, she's like not a xenophobe anymore. Right. Okay. She she grows a bit. Right. You know, you start to she starts to open her eyes. And you start to understand why she's such a xenophobe. I think. Yep. but um so yeah that's all i got yeah love i like it. our list love it like love it list. love it um you guys want to endorse some stuff hell yeah i'm gonna endorse some stuff i'm gonna endorse um a the board game gloomhaven uh this has been the number one board oh, game on have you what do you think of gloomhaven um all right <laughs> okay <laughs> not a glowing endorsement from leo this has been the number one board game on board game geek for uh, forever uh last three or four years uh for me the hype was real uh it's it's a co-op um dungeon crawl campaign with legacy mechanics and if you're not big into board games basically legacy mechanics are um when you like alter the components of the board game irreversibly so you're tearing up cards you're putting stickers on stuff you're you know um, because the idea is it's a campaign, so, you know, you're upgrading your cards. Some cards you don't need anymore, so you tear them up. It's like, ah, this is a, you know, level one sword, not gonna use this anymore. Um, you put stickers on the board, you get new locations that you put stickers on. Anyway, that's what legacy mechanics are. Uh, yeah, and, uh, the thing that I like the most about it is, um, uh, there's a really good combat mechanic where there are, uh, there's no dice, uh, in the game at all. Uh, the decisions that you make are these cards, and you always pick two decisions, but each card has... You, oh, sorry, you always pick two cards, but each card has two decisions. Uh, and if you pick one, you can't use the other. Anyway, it's 
it's this really deep tactical role-playing dungeon crawl. Uh, it's very good. Gloomhaven, the board game, is my endorsement. Um, I think I'll also endorse a board game for this yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It yeah. is called Zombie Side. Oh, nice. Uh, it also features a campaign uh, legacy esque, you know, series of of of, of games and and uh, sheets that you have to you know, write into and then they get thrown away, all that kind of thing. Um, and that's actually the first time I played it was a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's basically a zombie survival game that takes place over the course of several episodes. And as you fight the zombies, your character levels up and gains different skills, almost like D and D meets, um, zombies meets mansions of madness. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So there's like tiles, um, you know, they're set down to represent a certain map for a certain scenario. There's objectives placed on the tiles and then your characters are placed in and can move from tile to tile, search rooms for items. Uh, but at the end of every round, there's different spawn points on the outskirts of the map and waves and waves of zombies uh, are spawned and immediately go towards whoever made the most noise or whoever's nearby. Um, and then combat is, you know, dice based with different items being a lot stronger. Like you start out with like a baseball bat and then, you know, you can get like a gold plated AK-47. Uh, and it's, it's just, it's goofy. The art is really, really, you know, colorful and vibrant and uh, the zombies all have different like you know there's like the runners and then the, the fatties and then the abominations <laughs> and they all have different skills uh, it's really a lot of fun it's very simple too though like it's not oh, there's not yeah. a whole lot to it each character has like you know one skill and then you know an item in each hand and then like go just survive and and get to the objectives so. that, that, that is that is the problem the problem with gloomhaven is that it is very very heavy this is a board gamers board game this is not like right. This is not you know you're not gonna sit down with like your young kids and play Gloomhaven or like probably your parents unless they're really right. into board games. It's, there's a lot that's of what, systems to learn. That's I think that's what I like about Zombie Side is that it's like it's it's you know strategic enough that you'll you'll talk about each turn you know but like anybody can go at any you know in any order and like it's simple enough that like I can I'm pretty sure I'm gonna get you know my wife and a friend and his wife to all get together and play it which is you know they're not the most like yeah, that's strategic awesome. minded yeah, yeah, like yeah. board gamers, right? But it is not necessarily for a younger audience, as there is lots of gore and adult references. So nice. Uh, Zombie side, really, really cool. Uh, Matt, did you have anything you'd like to endorse? I uh, sure as hell do. Same thing I have to endorse every time. Uh, DuckTales 2017 is a perfect show. One of the best cartoons of this entire generation, uh, and everyone should watch it. All three seasons are now on. Disney Plus, and it's 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 uh right up there with Avatar, the Last Airbender. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a bold uh, statement. Man, let me tell you, when I first heard that they were rebooting Ducktales, I was like, wow, that voice cast is amazing. But I thought they'd be like one-off silly episodes. No, there are season-long arcs. There is a series-long plot where by the end, every single episode that you thought was a standalone gets tied in. It is incredible holy okay. crap watch that shit ducktales firm endorsement from matt i, I thought am, you were yeah. comparing it to james cameron's avatar and i was like oh that's a weird uh, comparison. No, <laughs> the last airbender yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> did anybody right. get sued for that like ah probably Come well on. uh our 
big thanks to Mr. Matt Finneman. Thank you so much for yes. pinch hitting Thanks for, for Justin and uh, hopping on, even though uh, it's late and I gave you no notice. Uh, thank you so much. Um, the effect that you had on this podcast episode was massive. Oh! That's my boy. I see what you did there. That was worth it right there. Caitlin's mad at you, James, but, you know, it's fine. What, why is Caitlin mad at me? What? Oh, because I, I took you away from... Okay. Yeah. Please send Caitlin my apologies uh, and send your daughter my apologies when she's old enough to comprehend them. Remember Understood. remember why she has daddy abandonment issues and you can explain it's, it's my fault. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, get back to your family, Matt, and uh, you listeners, get back to uh, listening to another wonderful episode of the Good Games Podcast. Uh, we've got a lot of them out there now. Uh, uh, all right, for the Good Games Podcast, I'm James. I'm Leo. And and that's Matt. Hey! (laughs) All right, we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye! See ya. All right, tell me more about this dog, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, We are getting a golden retriever. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, oh, like, just born today. Actually, I think Jess has a picture of him. Uh, how did like fresh so you out of to, the like, doggy set boom. up some arrangement where you knew it was being born and everything? Yeah, we already picked out the breeder and we knew when the litter oh was my due. Gosh, that's yeah. awesome! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, straight out of the litter, eight yep. weeks old. Yep. Well, <laughs> it will be eight weeks old when we eventually yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That's gonna be that's, that's gonna be a lot of work. I know. I am preparing I've for. Done, I've done two eight-week-old puppies, and it is a lot of work. Yeah, but but the good thing is, like you know, you get to establish. All right, what are your what are your, your puppy tips? I need puppy tips. Oh, um, uh, do you have a clicker? Nope. For training, there's all sorts of YouTube videos on it. You know, positive reinforcement is best. Uh, golden retrievers are super smart, so it's going to be really easy. Like Luna, you know, lab mix. So easy to train. You just do the the clicker. Just basically is like you know the whole like the office episode where he rings the bell and feeds mm-hmm. a yeah. What was it a, a a mint or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you just do the click and then you give a treat and then they start realizing that the click means like hey you, you did something right. Um, so it makes it really easy to train. But there's a bunch of YouTube videos on it. And then like if you had like a stupid dog like Neville, it'll never work. So, <laughs> but with a with the, with the retriever, you, you can't go wrong.